in the Bible, obviously, prayer is extremely important. It's the greatest uh, opportunity that Christians have, you know, to talk directly to God, to bring our petitions to Him and our love to Him. But it's also uh, the greatest power that we have. The Bible makes it very clear that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But then it is also probably the greatest challenge that we have. If you were to ask a thousand Christians, what do you feel is the greatest weakness in your life? The vast majority of them would say, it's my prayer life. I enjoy reading the Bible. I enjoy going to church. I enjoy singing the hymns. But when it comes to prayer, I feel that I falter. Would that be true for many, many of us today? It's the struggle that I have. And it seems like Satan opposes prayer more than anything else. Someone has said the devil trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on his knees. And I think that's true. So uh, today I want us to give time to, uh, to prayer in this service. Uh, when people ask me how is the best way to pray, it has nothing to do with our position. You know, some people kneel to pray, some stand to pray. There's examples of all that in the Bible. But uh, uh, it doesn't really matter the position of our body. What matters is the position of our heart. Are we humbling ourselves before God? And a good acrostic that I learned years ago that has helped me in my praying is A-C-T-S, Acts, A-C-T-S. The A stands for adoration. We spend some time adoring the Lord, just expressing how great he is. In a sense, it's praising him for who he is and what he has done in our life. So that's the A, adoration. The C is confession, where we come before him with a heart of acknowledging that we're not all that we should be, that we've done some things, thought some things, said some things that were not right. And uh, even though we know the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sin, I really appreciate the text that Stephanie read this morning. But it says that if we sin, then we know that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all kinds of sins. So so A is adoration, C is confession, and then T is thanksgiving. We spend some time giving him thanks, and then the S is what we call supplication. That is asking for God to supply uh, what we're what we need. What we need as a person, what we need as a church, what we need as a family, what we need as a nation. And so that's kind of the order that we'll follow today. I'm going to ask you to just kind of adore the Lord in your heart. And I want to read to you uh, a, a passage of Scripture that reflects co- confession. There are many, many passages in the Bible where sin was confessed. If we looked in Daniel chapter 9, and that's what I'll be looking at, and then Nehemiah chapter 9, Psalm 32, Psalm 51. All of these are prayers of confession. But I want to read uh, Daniel chapter 9, uh, beginning in, uh, in verse uh, 4. 
And I'm going to not read it exactly word for it. I'm going to try to apply it to our nation. And right now in our country, there is a need, a desperate need for God's people to fervently intercede and pray for our country. And there were times in the Bible, this is just one of many examples, where uh, Nehemiah or Daniel or Isaiah or one of the prophets cried out to God for the nation of Israel. So listen to this prayer. I prayed to the Lord, my God, and I made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled turning aside from your commandments. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes and to our fathers and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame, as at this day those who are uh, in all the lands to which you have driven your exiles because of the treachery that they have committed against you to us O lord belongs open shame to our kings and princes our fathers because we have sinned against you to the lord our god belong mercy and forgiveness for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the lord our god by walking in his laws which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. All America has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse that is written in the law has been poured out upon us because we have sinned against God. And there it goes on. There's other, there's more in that passage. And I would just urge you today, this afternoon sometime, to read Daniel chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 9. These are great prayers of confession. So uh, today, I want us to think about praying for our country. The greatest need in America right now is not a cure of the coronavirus. That is indeed a great need, and that's something that we have prayed for and do pray for. But the greatest need is a cure to the, to the heart-rebelling uh, sin against God. So when we pray, we start kind of locally. We pray for our, our own self. We confess our own sins. We pray for our own needs, and then we expand it to our church family. And today, in, 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 our, in our church, there are so many needs. And uh, Margie had a, a brother and a nephew that passed away within the last uh, week. Uh, her brother last week and, and Homer just, what, yesterday? And uh, so we want to pray for the Infante family and just lift you up to the Lord. I can't, can't even imagine what that's like. And then, of course, we want to pray for Susan. Susan trying to make a serious decision as to whether she's going to have surgery to relieve her back pain, but possibly inflame the cancer, or if she's going to take two more weeks of uh, 
chemotherapy to try to reduce the cancer so they can then do the surgery. But she is in such pain, and uh, so we need to pray for her. And then there, there are other needs, of course, in our church family as well. And, and uh, you, you know the needs that you have personally. You know the needs that others in the church family may have. So uh, let's just uh, take a minute and pray for the, the needs right here in our own family. And if you would, uh, like with your family, if you're sitting together with the, your family, if uh, you would like to take just a moment and quietly voice a prayer, uh, go ahead and do that right now, and then, and then I will voice a prayer for the needs in our own church family. Okay, Heavenly Father, we delight in your great love for us. We know that you do care, that your concern for us is greater than our concern for ourselves or even our concern for others. And we lift up to you now those in our church family who are uh, suffering right now, facing serious struggles in their life. Lord, I do pray for Susan and Raynard. I lift them up to you and ask you to give them wisdom. And I pray for relief from this pain that Susan is experiencing. Lord, we continue to pray for Joyce. I thank you for her. And I, I just ask, Father, that uh, you would work miraculously in her life. And uh, I know that it appears uh, from medical uh, position that, that we're asking for an impossibility. But, Lord, you are a God who works the impossible. And so we pray for Joyce and for Richard and for healing and strength. And, Father, I pray for Margie and all of the family. Lord, I know their hearts are broken and they're grieved. And I just ask you to minister to them. Just your grace pour out on them. Your word says that your grace is sufficient for every need that we have. And we know that it includes this need as well. So we lift up to you our church family. And, Father, I know that uh, Pat and Raleigh and so many others right now are facing struggles and challenges and we lift up our church family to you, intercede for them, and ask you to minister to every need that they have. And I pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. As we think about praying for our country, as I mentioned, the greatest need that we have really is uh, for, for our people throughout this land to repent and to turn to God. Uh, we can't make that happen. But there have been times in history where God turned nations back in faith to him. And there have been times in America where God turned this nation back to him. A hundred years ago, this nation entered a decade of decadence. It was known in history as the Roaring Twenties. It was a time of... Uh, 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 alcoholism and sin on a, a scale that had not been seen in America since the beginning of this country. And it looked like that it was just going to continue in a downward spiral. And at the end of the 1920s, God just yanked the rug out from under the feet of America. And we were plunged into a Great Depression and nothing gets Americans' attention anymore than their money. 
And for the next three years, America uh, struggled. And many, many in America repented. And there was a, a renewal of faith. The churches filled and the church altars, prayer altars filled. And there was a turning again of this nation back to God. And prepared us really for another great test that was coming in the 1940s, the first, the Second World War. So I just ask you to pray for America. And uh, the Bible is clear in Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Isn't that what we long for? We long to see God bring healing to this uh, sin-ravaged, anger-ravaged, divisive world. Our nation torn apart, cities on fire, uh, anger in the streets, rebellion in the hearts, a whole generation coming up behind us that seems to be almost committed to changing our nation from a nation of freedom and liberty to one basically of enslavement and following the principles of Karl Marx. So as we pray for our country, here's how I want us to pray. If you have the sheet that says, Pray for America, pray that God will turn people's hearts toward himself and that he will be glorified and then pray that God's people will demonstrate a spirit of repentance and prayer both individually and corporately as churches and as Christians across the nation then pray that God will raise up righteous leaders who will model integrity and authenticity. We do pray for our leaders. We pray for the, the our, our local leaders. We pray for our state leaders, our county leaders. We pray for our national leaders. And uh, regardless of how you feel personally about uh, the governor or the president or certain representatives, they desperately need our prayer. And we desperately need to pray for them. So let's take just a minute here and pray for, for our leadership, for our president, for our Congress, and for our local leaders as well. Let's just take a minute and you voice a prayer in your own heart. If you want to pray aloud, feel free to do so, and then I will lead us in a verbal prayer. Heavenly Father, your word tells us that you want us to pray for those who are over us. You say, first of all, I urge that supplications, and prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for kings and for all who are in high positions in order that we might lead a peaceful and a quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So right now, Father, we lift up to you those who lead our land those who are in positions of authority, those who are in positions of decision-making. And I pray uh, for our governor, for Governor Abbott, 
I ask you, Father, to give him wisdom to be able to stand against any opposition that would push him in a direction other than truth. And I pray that you will give him the boldness to speak what he knows in his heart is true because I do believe he is a man of faith and a man who knows you. And I pray for our senators, our Congress, our representatives. And, Father, I pray for our president. I know that uh, President Trump is an, is an unusual man in so many ways and that he has made lots of enemies, but I do believe that he loves this country. I do believe that he wants what's best for the vast majority of people in our country. And I pray for him spiritually. Father, I know he's surrounded by, by spiritually-minded people like Mike Pence and others. And I pray that their influence will deepen him and draw him into a, a, an authentic and a genuine walk with you. And I pray for his protection. I know he's indicated that there are some enemies that have actually uh, uh, determined to, to destroy him. And I pray for his protection. And then I pray for him to turn his heart to you in humility. Father, I, I know <clears throat> President Trump and humility are two terms that don't seem to, to fit together. But I know that... You, you humble Nebuchadnezzar, and you can humble President Trump and give to him without taking away his boldness, without taking away his uh, determination. You can give him a heart of humility, and I pray for that, and I ask it now in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Amen. And then we uh, pray fourthly that Americans will see their spiritual poverty and that our nation's citizens will awaken to their great spiritual need. Uh, according to the surveys that have been done recently, the polls that have been taken, there has never been a time in America where as few people are attending church. And, of course, I know some of that may be reflected by the fact that so many churches are shut down. But even before that happened, there was a decreasing number of people who were attending regular worship services. And, uh, and just the general thrust of our country is more toward selfishness, materialism, and uh, temporal things. And we need so much for the hearts of all people to be convicted and converted and turned. Joel chapter 3, verse 12, at a time in Israel when there was a great need for revival, let the nations stir themselves up and come to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations let the nations stir themselves let america be stirred up by the lord that is our prayer and then pray that godly men and women will be placed in positions of authority so that god's people can rejoice the bible is clear in proverbs 29 2 that when the righteous increase the people rejoice but when the wicked rule the people groan and I pray that those who are wicked will be removed from office and that 
godly men and women will be put into office. Pray that our leaders will be just and fear God rather than men and depart from evil. So many passages in the Bible, the God of Israel has spoken, the rock of Israel has said to me, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, then God will bless that nation. God wants just and godly men and women in position. And then pray that our leaders will listen to biblical counsel. Pray that, that God's people, uh, that, that, that the leaders will listen to the counsel of godly people. And then the last one on that left side, pray for truth in the media. None of us realize probably just how influential what people hear on television and read in uh, news media is in people's lives. Many, many more people in America make their decisions and form their opinions based on what they hear on the television than they do on what they read in the Bible because they spend so much more time listening to the television than they do reading the Bible. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. And I'm just telling you, much, maybe most, of what is put forward on our news media in America today, most of it is, uh, is not accurate, it's not true, and if anything, it is slanted to lead people into error and into falsehood. So pray for truth in the media. And then pray that people will be able to see truth and that error will be exposed and that people with wicked agendas will be made weak. Listen to Psalm 86, 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And then Proverbs 25, 5. Take away the wicked from the presence of the king. In our day, we would say from the president. Take away the wicked from the presence of the leader, and his throne will be established in righteousness. We just want to pray that God will remove evil influences from the leaders in our land. There are people who have a wicked agenda, and their plans and their plots, I believe, are actually motivated by the prince of lies, that Satan himself is the one that is driving these that are, that are deceived, but then they become deceivers. And so we pray that uh, error will be exposed, that truth will be revealed, and that wicked agendas will be made weak. And then pray that Christians will avoid negativity, fault-finding, and contentiousness, but instead will stand out as God's loving, pure children. Do all things without grumbling or questioning. And then verse 15, 
says that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So we need to pray that God will uh, allow us to speak positively and not become negative naysayers. We want to speak to error. We want to speak to sin clearly, but we don't want to become pessimistic naysayers. We want to be positive and shine like lights in a corrupt and a dark place. And then pray that Christians will put their confidence in God rather than in any political candidate or political party. And I know there are some who believe, well, if we can just get the right people in place, and I have no doubt that could help, but that in itself is not the answer. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. And if I'm not mistaken, that is the middle verse in the entire Bible. If you were to start at one end and the other end and come, you would find that it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. And the next verse, I think, says it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And then pray that Christians will look to God to overcome the enemies of truth and righteousness. Psalm 60, verses 11 and 12. Oh, grant us help against the foe. For vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. There are great verses for you to to have uh, in your heart, in your arsenal of prayer. And we want to pray that, uh, uh, that God will, that we will look to God to defeat the enemies and rather than our trying to defeat them. The Bible says that our, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but our battle is against powers, principalities, forces of evil in high places. And then we need to pray that God will work through leaders to keep the doors open for his gospel to be proclaimed. I know we've said for years... Uh, not jokingly, but maybe not as seriously as we could have and should have, that there may be a time when being a Christian in America could be costly. But I do believe that time is near. And unless revival comes, unless there is some change, it is certainly not unthinkable that pastors who would stand in their pulpits and preach the simple, unadulterated word of God could find themselves in serious trouble with local, state, and national officials. And uh, again, without being political, I'm just saying there's never been a time in America where the, the political situations are more polarized than they are right now. There's never been a time when there was such a clear distinction between 
those who are seeking leadership and authority in America. And one side is clearly pro-life, pro-Christian, pro-Bible, pro-church, things like that. The other side has gone on the record as saying they are uh, uh, opposed to almost everything that the other side is for. So we pray for that God will keep the doors open for us to share the gospel and then pray for God's will to be accomplished in our country. Psalm 33:11 The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. And then Psalm 103 verse 19 The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. And then Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And we pray, as Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I ask you to take this home with you. Keep it before you. Pray it often this week. Pray for our country this week. And then the other page, we'll not go through it, but begins on the side that says, Lord, help us yield. And I just want to uh, encourage you to pray the part that is underlined in each of those, Lord, help us yield. Lord, help us be humble. Lord, help me see clearly. Lord, help me love. Lord, help me seek justice. Lord, help me not be silent. Lord, help me seek your face. Lord, help me not lean on my own understanding. So I ask you just in the closing minute here, take a minute and, and look at the, the part that is underlined on each of those and pray that. Just pray it out of your own heart right now. And then I will pray it out loud, and you pray it in your own heart. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you strip me and all of our people here of our rebellious hearts and replace our rebellious hearts with a heart that yields to your way and to your law and to your love. And help us surrender to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you will humble me and each of us. Help me see that I'm not always right and the world doesn't revolve around me. Help me do what needs to be done to rid myself of pride so that I can humbly seek your face. And Lord, help me see the issues around me in my community, in my county, in my state, and in my nation. Help me be the person who goes out of my way to meet those needs as I find them. And Lord, our hearts can get hard so quickly. And I know that my heart has gotten hard. I haven't wanted to love people the way you love them. 
I've tended to only love those that think and act the way I do. And I pray that you'll help me love people the way you love them. Help me to love enough that I'd be willing to lay down my life, my rights, my pride for them. And Lord, help me to speak clearly, to open my mouth, proclaim your truth. Allow me to live my life in boldness. And may my bold proclamation be a sweet sound to your ears. And I pray that it will have effectiveness to those to whom I speak. And Lord, I ask you to replace our silence with grace and with truth. Allow me and even urge me to use my knowledge of the word to speak truth in love to others. And Lord, I ask you to help us kneel before your throne, to acknowledge you as Lord of our life. Help us to turn our faces away from our own way and turn to you. And Lord, it sometimes looks like you're on the losing side and that we're on the losing side. It may appear to us that you've lost your grip on our world, but I know, we know, we're absolutely confident that you are fully in control. Thank you for reminding me to lean on your understanding and not on mine. And I pray these things in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. I ask you to take these home with you today and uh, throughout the day and maybe throughout the week. Use this as a guide. You may want to add much more to it. But use these as a guide to help you come before the Lord in humility, in confidence, the Bible says that we have boldness, we have confidence to enter right into his very throne room because of the blood that he has shed for us. So I pray that you will do that. And uh, if you're not a Christian, boy, this would be a, that, that would be the start, that would be the beginning to commit yourself in faith to him, to receive what he has done for you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.